Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 14 of the Search for God podcast series. This is week 20 in review. One of the great things about everything we've been doing so far in the third quarter is that it has been nice, nicely and neatly packaged. And so week 20, we can set our sights entirely upon the figure of Solomon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's get right to it. We began with Solomon taking the throne under not necessarily a cloud of suspicion or anything of that sort, but rather with the uncertainty of his half-brother Adonijah and his desire to take what he believed was rightfully his. Because Solomon being one of the younger sons of David and Adonijah being one of the older, he believed he was the rightful heir. David, of course, had named Solomon as his heir, so that should have ended the issue. And actually, for the most part, it did. Most of the people of Israel, weary of the civil war that had taken place only 30-some years before, didn't really have an appetite for another. And so they ended up backing Solomon, even if they were somewhat sympathetic to Adonijah's claim. So Solomon was able to take the throne, and Adonijah bows out gracefully, asking for one favor. Solomon grants the favor. And he is able to begin his rule without any kind of distractions. So early on in his reign, Solomon was best known for two things, and they were both considered good at the time. One was the great wisdom that he received as a gift from God. And the scene that really embodies that wisdom is, of course, the scene with the two prostitutes and the babies. Solomon was able to figure out who was the legitimate mother of the living child and restore to her what belonged to her. And then there were the building projects. Solomon wanted to take Israel into the future with magnificent structures, a professional army, to make them a destination both for tourists and for commerce in that region. He engages in alliances through marriage, He builds up the palace, he fortifies Jerusalem, and most importantly, he finally builds the temple that had been required since the days of Moses, but with Jerusalem in solid hands and the promise that God had made to David that his successor would build it, Solomon was able to undertake that project and complete it fairly early in his reign. And the temple would sort of become the center of gravity for Israel over the next several centuries. But even with all of those good things happening, eventually as time went on, Solomon did not live up to his previous reputation of being a wise and master building king. As he got older, he started to fall into bad habits He took on a lot of wives and concubines, 1,000 women total in his harem, 700 wives and 300 concubines. And worst of all, he started worshiping the false gods of those wives. He had built a temple in Jerusalem, but then he started building pagan shrines and altars on the hills that surrounded Jerusalem. And in some ways, as bad as David's sin with Bathsheba was, Solomon's sin of idolatry was much worse, and the reason for that is you have to consider the sin of the flesh versus the sin of the will and the intellect. In other words, 
with idolatry, there is more of a malicious intent. So for his efforts at committing idolatry, despite everything that God had done for him and given to him, Solomon was told that his kingdom would be given to a servant down the line. Now, a part of the kingdom would remain within the family line because of the promise that God had made to David. But Solomon's magnificent projects and what he had built up were going to go to someone else outside of the family line. And not only do we have the issue of Solomon losing his kingdom, he also has put the people on the cusp of rebellion or revolt. While at first his building projects were seen as a positive, as time went on, he sort of made it an end in itself rather than a means to bring Israel to a better future. And when he continued these building projects, he started cheating people out of their wages. He started forcing more labor to take place for nothing. You know, that is de facto slavery of the actual people of Israel. And in some ways, you can make the argument that they should have seen it coming because this is what Samuel had warned the people about when they first came to him, however many years previously, and said, give us a king. Samuel said, well, you know, this is what's going to happen. Are you sure you want the king? They still said yes. So in some sense, this is the inevitable result of having a monarch. But at the same time, Solomon had taken all of this goodwill and had thrown it away by said, enslaving the people, taxing them to the point where they couldn't afford to take care of their families. And so they're on the verge of wanting to overthrow him. So after 40 years on the throne, Solomon dies. Not very many people are sad about it. They think and they hope that there is a change coming on the horizon, but like so many other elements that we've covered and will cover in Israeli history, usually things get worse, as hard as that is to believe. All right, so that brings us to the end of episode number 14 of The Search for God. This has been week 20 in review. Just as a reminder that the assignment in the Google Classroom is due by February the 14th, as I'm recording this on the 11th, and the next quiz on week 20 will take place during the first meeting of the week, which will be either Tuesday, February 16th, or Wednesday, February 17th. Let me know if you have any questions. I hope everyone has a great, long President's Day weekend, and I will see you next time.